Hello, Shepherd family. This is Pastor Alan Rose now, and we are continuing in our sermon series entitled Cast of Characters. And during the month of February, we've been taking a look at uh, the Old Testament priesthood and particularly examining the life and ministry of a man by the name of Zadok who served as a priest. Last week, we heard about a special man of God delivering this prophetic message from the Lord. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 2. God said, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house and they will minister before my anointed one always. Those words were fulfilled in the person of Zadok the priest and his descendants. Last week, if you were with us, you know that we saw how Zadok demonstrated his faithfulness to David the king. And we made the point uh, last week that faithfulness to God's anointed one, namely the king, demonstrated faithfulness to God himself. Zadok was faithful to David. And when David announced that Solomon would be the next king, Zadok anointed Solomon into his office. And because of Zadok's reputation as a faithful priest in his service to David, Solomon then appointed Zadok as the high priest in his court as well. You can read about that in the book of 1 Kings chapter 2. But today we're going to focus specifically on Zadok's descendants and how their part of the story has something to teach us as well. We learn from 1 Kings chapter 4 that Zadok's grandson, Azariah, succeeded him as the high priest in service to Solomon. Evidently, Zadok's son, Ahimaaz, had died, so the grandson continued the priestly lineage of Zadok. So, when Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, the Zadokites, that is the family of Zadok, were the ones to carry out the priestly sacrifices. And they did so very faithfully, just as their ancestor had done before them. In fact, the Zadokites' family served as priests for many generations. Uh, just consider this little bit of history for a moment. So Solomon became the king of Israel in the year 970 B.C. And almost 400 years later, Jerusalem and Solomon's temple were destroyed by the Babylonian armies that invaded. That's the year 586 B.C. And the point that I want you to catch here is that the Zadokites discharged the chief priestly duties in the temple very faithfully for that entire time until the temple's destruction. But take note of this. The Zadokite story does not end with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. You may recall that uh, in this part of history, the people of Judah, the people of the southern kingdom where Jerusalem was located, were taken as exiles to faraway Babylon, some thousand miles to the east. And there they were exiled for 
70 years. Well, among those exiles was a young man by the name of Ezekiel, whom God then called to be a prophet, a spokesman for God, to bring God's message to the people who were exiled in, in Babylon. In Ezekiel's book, he mentions the Zadokites four times and speaks very positively about them and their good reputation as priests. And as Ezekiel describes his vision that he received from God of the future kingdom in terms of a new temple, the Lord, through Ezekiel, restricts the priestly privileges to the Zadokite family on the grounds that they alone had remained faithful during the time of the kings in Judah. Listen to this passage from Ezekiel chapter 44. God says, But the Levitical priests who are descendants of Zadok and who guarded my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me are to come near to minister before me. They are to stand before me to offer sacrifices of fat and blood, declares the sovereign Lord. They alone are to enter my sanctuary. They alone are to come near my table to minister before me and serve me as guards. And as a matter of fact, the Zadokite family story does not even end in Babylon. When those exiles were allowed to return to Jerusalem, you may recall there were three key leaders that brought the people back. One of them was named Zerubbabel, who led the rebuilding of the temple itself. A man named Nehemiah uh, brought a group with him and led the rebuilding of the city wall around the city of Jerusalem. But then there was a man named Ezra who focused on, the, on rebuilding the spiritual life and the worship life of the people. And who was Ezra? Well, we learn in Ezra chapter 7, verse 2, that he was a direct descendant of, guess who? Zadok the priest. And Ezra was a man of deep faith, whose primary emphasis was on directing uh, people back to God and his word, and back into a life of vibrant worship. That's what Ezra's focus was all about. Well, Old Testament history ends about 400 B.C. When we get to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, we're at about 400 years B.C. So then there is a period of 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the birth of Jesus, and that period that we call the intertestamental period is very significant. A lot of important things happen during those 400 years, including the fact that the Zedekite story continued. In the time of the second temple, the Zadokites continued to serve as high priests continuously until the year 171 BC. And unfortunately, that's when the foreign invader named Antiochus IV Epiphanes came in and conquered the city and in the course of his rather unkind actions, he transferred the priesthood to a man named Menelaus, who was not even of a priestly family. In fact, Antiochus 
sold the priesthood to Menelaus for sordid money. Really kind of a sad thing. By the way, Antiochus was also the one who would later desecrate the Jewish temple. But catch this. The good reputation of the Zadokites was not forgotten, even with all that that transpired. You see, in, a little bit later in the second century BC, a community of people was established out in the Judean desert near the Dead Sea, a place known as Qumran. The Qumran community, you've probably heard of before, but they are famous for what are now called the Dead Sea Scrolls. These were uh, copies, handwritten copies of the books of the Hebrew Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, as well as other books that were important to the community. They made copies of the books on scrolls, hid those scrolls in uh, clay jars that were then stashed in nearby caves for good keeping. Back in November, our travel group that went to Israel uh, went to Qumran and uh, saw the, the ruins of the village as well as some of the caves where the scrolls had been found. Well, in some of their scrolls, we actually read that the people of Qumran remained loyal to the Zedekite priesthood. And they even looked forward to a day when the Zedekites would be restored as priests. Such was the reputation of Zadok and his descendants. Such was their legacy, you might say, faithful service to the Lord. So you might ask, what is the takeaway from all of this about the descendants of Zadok? Well, Simply put, we are to pass on the faith to the next generation. And that starts, friends, in our own families. You know, this is a theme found throughout Scripture. For example, he, listen to the words of David in Psalm uh, chapter 71. He says, Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. And then also in Psalm number 145, David says these words, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. You know, friends, like the Olympic torchbearer who carries the flame and then passes that torch on to the next Olympic torchbearer, we too are to pass on the torch of faith to the next generation. You know, I can just imagine old man Zadok after his son Ahimaaz had died, I can just imagine him sitting with his grandson, Azariah, and teaching him about the priesthood, teaching him the faith, teaching him about what it means to be faithful. I really believe every single one of us has the opportunity to pass on the torch. 
You know, even if you're not married, if, even if you don't have children of your own, I dare say this is true. You know someone younger than yourself. And, you know, our Christian calling is to share the greatest story ever with the next generation. The greatest story, the story of God and his love sending his son Jesus into this world precisely to take your place and mine on a cross to pay the price for our sins by his shedding of his blood and then to rise from the dead guaranteeing eternal life to all who trust in him, guaranteeing that life everlasting is ours because of what he did for us. That's the legacy that we've been given, and that's the legacy that we have to pass on. By the way, just as a side note, uh, you may or may not be familiar with the fact that here at Shepherd of the Desert, we are in the midst of what we're calling our Generation to Generation campaign. And I just want to say it's so much more than simply being about buildings. This generation-to-generation campaign is really about living a, leaving a legacy of faith to the generations that follow us. And that is really exciting. And if you think about it, our legacy, the legacy we leave behind, is not really about us. It's about the goodness of God. As Psalm 100 verse 5 says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Well, next week, we will conclude our look at Zadok as we focus most intently on how the Old Testament priesthood finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Over the course of this week, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to imagine yourself carrying a torch. And then consider this question. Who is that person younger than you to whom you will pass the torch of faith? We'll see you next week. Shalom, that is, peace.